Welcome, everyone, to the A Better Way to a Podcast. We are your hosts, Jordan and Andrew, and today we are lucky to sit down with Scott Jedlinski of the Modern Samurai Project. Thanks for coming on, Scott. Hey, guys. How's your new year going so far? All four days, five days have been amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good start, strong start. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could tell a lot I, about how the year's going to go based on those first couple days. If if it's absolute and pure chaos, it really sets you up for uh, for a rough month. I don't feel like that's true. Oh, really? I Maybe feel like I mean... every day is, is completely random. <laughs> As your kid is chewing on your headphone speaker right now. Yes, my son's chewing on it. I just I don't feel like you can you can guess what tomorrow is going to be like based on today and you know extrapolate that to a whole year you know I've had some years that started off real strong and then ended in chaos and terror. Fair. Mm. Well, Scott, I'm like glad 2020. You're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a weird yeah. year for everybody. Scott, how'd that work for you with with like COVID and whatnot? Did you were you still running classes or did you did you have to take a break or how'd that work? I mean, because it's oh, yeah. mostly outdoor stuff. It looks like, but. So how'd... Yeah, so so with COVID, the biggest thing is I probably had about a 45-day break as everybody figured out what the hell they were doing. And then, you know, my clientele were like, meh, whatever, let's keep doing this, right? Yeah. You know, nobody canceled. We just had to postpone. So when everyone figured out, you know, their fake protocols with masks and travel and what they had to do on the range and stuff like that, I took like the first 45, 60 days of the year and just shifted them to the end of the year. And that was pure chaos, right? No day off for two or three months and yada, yada, yada. That being said, with what I do, man, it's not, it's better than working for a living. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, so it's fine. Yep. Yep. Probably the most annoying. Here's the other thing like with travel. You know, having to wear your mask on the, in the airport and everything, but for a while there, it was awesome because there was nobody on the plane. Yeah. You know? Oh my god, so, that must have. Yeah, been... they were they were sending airlines were the the airlines that got bailed out. They were sending empty planes from airport to airport to like keep their priority landing status. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I had been on planes with six people on there. Yeah, and like a first class ticket was like. 300 bucks it was great it was great That's awesome. and then now it's just it's just it's chaos again so, oh yeah yeah you know and i'm a I, you know and i'm a i'm a big believer in 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 masks and what they do and what they're proven to do but it's like you're sitting on this sardine can with recycled air with like a whole bunch of a bunch of people you know it's i i to to think that like initial exposure to respiratory droplets is what you have to worry about i, I thought was a little bit insane yeah, we. I mean, nobody. I mean, I, as much as I travel, nobody wore a mask more than me for yeah. blah blah blah. And I still got, and I still got COVID. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. You know, we we had weird rules at work because I'm I, I work in emergency services and and it was like ground zero for us the first month and cha- probably the same time period for you really. I mean, but you know, trying to figure out what was going on, whether we wore N95 masks and then we were wearing cloths and then we were wearing like face shields and everybody was just kind of like losing 
confidence in in what right. we were supposed yeah, to do. Because nobody and, could keep track of like what it was that the actual risk was, and yeah, which equipment mitigated which risk and how much. And we just ended up spraying. We probably took years off of our life by just spraying each other. We would go into like a sick person's well, house and just spray each other with same. like antimicrobial <laughs> stuff, like in the face, like. Yeah. <laughs> When the safety just... measures are more dangerous than the than the thing that you're, and you know, COVID's no no fucking picnic. But then it's like, you know, okay, you got all <laughs> these like safety measures that are exposing you to carcinogenic chemicals. Oh People my are god, missing appointments that can catch major diseases. People are getting like depressed and killing themselves. Oh man, this just got dark. COVID was wild. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> hey, Modern Samurai Project is that is that like is that just like the name of your training? company or is that like indicative of like a larger sort of like ethos or or, or kind of like discipline it's indicative of a yeah of a larger ethos so when i first started it was just it was just as a kind of an enthusiast blog right so growing up you know doing martial arts and stuff like that and you know i'm like i like 15 percent korean 10 percent japanese blah 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 but the japanese martial arts have always had a uh, a higher significance and impact on my life right and in reading things like, you know, the Book of Five Rings and all this other stuff out there, you know, the the, the samurai kind of had three skill sets that mattered, right? Empty-handed combat, uh, weapons combat, and transport, whether it be horses, stuff like that, right? And when I started, right, if you look at my old patch, it basically says arms, hand-to-hand, and transport. If you have a transport patch for me you are oh you're an og right because i was into because i was into martial arts especially brazilian jiu-jitsu right guns and knives and i was into cars right so it kind of all fit in there and the whole part about it is just you know the project thing is we're never a finished thing we're never a finished product so life is a project right so just updating, you know, the old ethos of the samurai into a more modern era, right? And knowing that we are all projects. So that's where it came from. So I, for a long time, I had the status of like, I don't know, kind of being an elite student, you know, going to training classes and being, you know, one of the cool guys there or whatever the hell I'm trying to say. And then, you know, I had a kind of fell in with the guys at primary and secondary and the guy who owns primary and secondary, Matt Lanzer, he just started you're like, dude, you got to teach. You got to teach. You got to teach. You got to teach. And I'm like, nah, I enjoy my status as an elite student. Plus all you instructors, you guys are a bunch of bitches and you can't agree on anything. So I don't want to part that. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to contribute right. to that chaos. Exactly. So before I did this full time, seven years ago or whatever is going on now, I was a mortgage banker, right? Uh, I got into shooting through my jujitsu buddies and in Northern Virginia that were, you know, law enforcement and military. That's how I got into it, right? And, you know, I just had a knack for teaching it because, you know, I taught jujitsu and all this other stuff. And, you know, I was a, you know, exec level, VT level guy in the mortgage industry. So I'm training people all the time anyway. It was just a natural progression for me to teach. When Trump got elected, which was great for our rights or whatever, interest rates, interest rates went up because he was good for business, Right. So half my business went away because there's no refinances and stuff. And I was like, ah, maybe oh, I will man. teach now. Yeah. And the first class that I put up there, a 20-person class sold out in an hour. Wow. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So there's, I was like, ah, there's something to this, right? And then from the overflow of that class, I did another class the next month. 
And then people started calling me from hosting. Uh, I probably did that first year, 2017, about 20 classes. Next year, I did probably 40. And then when Houston Police Department went all in on the dot, then uh, law enforcement agencies and departments started calling me. And now I'm, I teach, I think in 2024 on the schedule, I have 105 classes and then I have seven staff guys. They're going to be running a, probably another 50, 60 classes on their own too. Wow. Under the flag. Yeah. So how do you, Yeah. that's, that's, you mentioned that, that Houston PD went to, went to red dots. That's something that's always, so coming from the military, I remember when we we had iron sights in boot camp, and then we switched to the red dot, not red dot. We we had the ACOG once we got to our mm-hmm. units, and for a lot of people, it was the first time they had ever shot without iron sights, and it was like this big thing, and there was this cross section of people that you had people who had never shot with irons before, because right after I got out, they stopped shooting with irons in boot camp. They only had shot with optics, and then you had people who had only learned on irons and were like, well, you, you, you have to learn how to shoot with irons before you learn how to shoot with, with an optic. Otherwise you're not going to be good. Like what's going to happen if you have to pick up the enemy's AK, you're not going to be able to, to shoot. Which has never happened. Yeah. I I was going to say, find, find me one example. Meanwhile, we had a dude kill, not we did, we didn't, but uh Marine uh, killed a guy with, with an e-tool. So, I mean, that's, that's happened, but how, how do you, one of our one of our favorite phrases in in the fire service is there are two things firefighters hate the way things are and change. So I imagine it's similar for police departments. How do you get an entire police department, or regardless of whether or not you did it, but how how does an entire police department choose to go from something that they've used, which is irons, for for decades, for ever, to red dots to to invest in a new technology that is going to make them better better shots objectively and and kind of like get a like a large group of of whether we're talking about police departments or people in general like on board with that kind of transition yeah i I think the first thing you have to preface with all that is that not every police department is a representative of every other police department all right so you still have major holdouts on the dot right and then you have other ones that are like Houston, they just said they just adopted it, right? And they're like, oh, this makes sense. Here's our testing. Go get training, yada, yada, come back. And oh, look at all our academy scores since we're issuing the dot now to the highest they've ever been, right? Then you have other departments or not just, you know, it's not, it's not fair just to say to police, like other people, right? It's like, my God, man, I've learned so hard on how to see the wrong way. And now you're telling me I got to go learn something else? And it's better. Does that mean what I was doing before was wrong? Nope. Not gonna. Not gonna entertain that idea. Does, it, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Pe- people can. The hardest thing for people to accept is that just because you're doing something different, it doesn't mean what you were doing before was wrong. It may be inefficient, right? It wasn't wrong. Plenty of people, right, have killed plenty of people using iron sights. Plenty of people have written books on typewriters. I don't want to write a book on a typewriter. No <laughs> yeah. Uh, people forget, yeah. you know, iron sights, as we know them now, were not always like, like iron sights on handguns. People, there was a time where people just really didn't care about them. Like even putting sights oh, on sure. handguns you're, at all. Yeah. You're, you're World War II, Vietnam era, 1911. Those were not sights. Those were suggestions. 
<laughs> right? And so what did people do? They make up dumb things like point shooting. Yeah. Anyway. Right? So. Yeah. I I always, I, I just, it's interesting to see the transition, um, like, in a relatively short period of time to where you had a ton of people holding out and not wanting to go with what was going to be better to now where, you know, I would say the majority of people would agree that shooting with a red dot is, yeah, not necessarily better, but more efficient and, and, you know, less like room for error if, if you're doing it properly. If you're doing it properly. Yeah, sure. There's, you know, in our previous episode, I was talking about how I shot a two gun match up in Vermont and my pistol does not have a red dot on it. I just haven't set it up with one, and it's something that I want to get done. But just going from shooting my pistol to a red dot in the same day, I it was like eons better to shoot with a red mm-hmm. dot. And I've I haven't trained on a red dot. I just I know um, from from like and I I know how they work. That's that's pretty much it. And and it just made me better. It's like. Why would you not pick something like that that is going to take you up a couple steps flat, like straight off the bat? Think about this, right? You have a you have a carbine, right? You have a rifle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does it have a red dot on it? It's got an LPVO. Okay. So like, it's yeah. got a center red dot separately, right? Yep. So you've trained on the red dot. What people have to, I think what people have, the mistake they make, right, is they think they have to shoot their pistol different than they shoot their carbine. So that's one of the things that like I do tell, like, here's the thing. I don't, I don't try and convince police departments to go to the dot. I'm, I'm so, and again, I don't want to sound like an arrogant ass, but I got so many, I got so many people wanting me to teach classes. I, people get mad at me because my schedule's booked, right? So I don't convince departments to go, you either come or you don't come. I don't care. But when they come, what I tell them is you think shooting your pistol is different from shooting your carbine, right? It's absolutely not. Absolutely not. And when you start shooting your pistol like you shoot your carbine, you'll be better and the dot will be easier. Just let that sink in there for a while. How so? Yeah, because that, that makes me think. Okay. So let me <laughs> ask you. As a layman, shoot your pistol. Yeah. When you shoot your pistol, how hard do you grab on with your firing hand? You probably choke that thing as if it owes you money, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't you? Probably. Right? How, how hard do you grab onto the pistol grip with your carbine? Less because I'm, I have a, a hand and in front of it. Can, do you pull the trigger quicker on your carbine than you do your pistol? Yeah. You think that tension in your firing end has anything to do with it? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Right? How hard do you grab onto your rail and push the buttstock in the pocket, whether it's your shoulder pocket or your chest pocket? How hard do you grab that thing? Yeah, harder. Pretty. Yeah. How hard do you grab on with your support hand on your pistol? Yeah, but not not that hard. And that's why you suck. Not you. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you could. Yeah, wow. The royal, the royal you. So if you start relaxing your firing hand like you do on your carbine and start pushing your support hand up and back, putting this part of your thumb, right? The, what's the thenar or the hump, right? And push that, make that the bus stock and push that into the pocket and squeeze with your firing support hand. Firing hand can do this quicker. Your gun won't move, and the dot also won't That's move, wild. making it just like your carbine. That's wild. Yeah. You ever hear something that makes you realize how little you know about something? That's that's one of those yeah. things for me. And it's you know I I think this is a testament for people to get out 
And I mean, to take one of your classes, clearly, but to to take a class if they're not currently taking classes, because that's something that, you know, you being a teacher, you just explained in no time flat to me, somebody, and I don't have a gun in my hand. You're not showing me with a gun. You're not watching my targets as I'm shooting. And Yeah, because, because the way we've all been trained, whether it comes from classic mill guys or classic LE guys, or, you know, where it comes from the NRA and stuff, it's, it's, we've all been through it. Right. We've all been through yeah. it. We all fall, we all fall from that tree. So the problems are often the same. Here's another one I'll tell you, right? For example, when you shoot your carbine, right? You can either go muzzle up and you bring it down or you go muzzle down and you bring it up. Right. Yep. Right. If you did that on a presentation with your pistol and did this, or you did this, what do they tell you that you were doing? You're either fishing or you're bowling and that's wrong. <laughs> Why is it wrong with your pistol, but it's not wrong with your carby? Yeah. Because it's because it's horse shit. That's why. Oh, that's so good. This yeah, this is the kind of stuff that well, you know, this is why you you're doing what you're doing and why people go to you, clearly. Just a different perspective outside of things, you know what I mean? That's you know, so. that's a ton of you know, that's why it's so good to go to classes though, because you like I was telling you earlier during the the before the episode started, um, watching videos on YouTube was how I got a lot of my information early on. And sure. it used to be, I, I wish, I wish we still had this near me. We used to have this training facility near us called King 33 up in Southington. And it was run by uh, a couple SF guys who went back into the, went back into SF. And, and I don't know if it was before or after they closed the place down, but they had, a live fire shoot house. They had a simunition shoot house. They had, they did shooting all these advanced, advanced things. But the best classes that I got from there were the basic ones that I had never taken the time to drill in in person before were, were only one's mm -hmm. knowledge. Like, you know, in, and I'm not talking like pistol one Oh one, but the, the stuff that, you know, like how to move while shooting, how to, how to, I guess it, I guess you'd call it like pistol 102. It, not quite the basics, but just one step above that. And at the end, as kind of a treat, we did a force-on-force force, like response to an active shooter, quote-unquote, drill. And it was walking away from there was was this crazy, humbling experience that, you know, I'll, I'll never forget and I wish I could replicate, but unfortunately they don't have that anymore here. And I, I've tried to impart that perspective on people before. It's like, this is only an experience that you're going to get from going to classes. You're not going to get this from YouTube videos. You're not going to get this from dry firing in your apartment. As as beneficial as that is to a skill, you know, hearing somebody like you say something from a perspective that somebody's never heard before is is why it's so important to go out and like and talk to people like you and, and, and get those hands-on skills. I would agree with that, yeah. But that being said, you can learn things off of YouTube. For sure. Right? You absolutely can, right? But you need to have a filter, okay? For example, in my class, what I say, for example, if you if you talk to any Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy and he says he's never learned anything off the internet, he's a liar, right? Yeah. But we have a, fil we have a filter. What has that guy done in jiu-jitsu? What has he done in MMA? And you know what? I'm going to go train tonight. I'm going to go see if this new heel hook actually works. You can't really do that with guns, right? You can't go down to your downtown area and go, hey, I'm going to get into a gunfight today and see if that works. I mean, maybe you can, 
it's not a sustainable hopefully training not regimen <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so right so what do we wind up doing right when we're looking at videos and information on social media youtube whatnot right we rely on two things our feelings does that look cool right does that fall in line to my previous you know bias or whatever or the person's resume right which is a horrible mistake right for example, I have plenty of friends in the soft community. Love every single one of them. I know guys, Delta, Green Beret, Rangers, blah, blah, blah. Learned a lot from them, right? You know what I haven't learned from many of them? How to shoot a pistol because they don't shoot pistols. Yeah. So, you know, one of my buddies, Jose Gordon, who's like the Rangers of Rangers, he's like, bro, if you listen to a special operations guy, he starts talking about a pistol and he doesn't compete, stop listening. <laughs> stop listening. Right. But yeah. who is, who is you? Yeah. Who's the internet absolutely funded by special operations guys trying to tell you how to shoot a pistol when they know if they went out on mission and they produced a pistol, a lot of people messed up. A lot of people messed up. Yeah. That's right. A good point. And that's not, that's, that's not admonishing them or anything like that. God bless them. Right. But what I have found is every like special operations guy that could shoot a pistol. Well, they got that way through competition had nothing to do with their military experience. Yeah. Right. So that's the perspective we have to look at. So what are the metrics I think we as firearms enthusiasts have to look after when it just comes out to raw skill, not tactics, right? Not situational awareness or anything like that. Just, just raw manipulation of the firearm, speed and accuracy. That's it. That is it, right? If someone tells you the dot is slow up close, but you've never seen that person shoot fast, why are you listening to that guy? Why are you listening to that guy, right? If someone says irons are superior to the dot, but they can't hit the broadside of a barn, stop listening to that guy. You know what I mean? Go find the person that can do the thing that you want to do and see how they do it, right? Yeah. For example, I get all the time. It's like, hey, man, do you teach carbine classes? No. Well, do you know shoot carbines? Of course I do. If you break into my house, you're getting you're getting met with two, two, three <laughs> because it's easy. Because it's easy. It's easier, yeah. right? But I don't have that level of expertise because I just don't do it as much. You know what I mean? Does that make sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, but we often have that Dunning-Kruger effect where that person's an expert in one thing, so they're an expert everything, right? That guy shoots a pistol really well. He must be a good human. No. Yeah. Not the case. Or, or even better, he's a really good human. He must know how to do everything else well. No. Not the case, right? Yeah. So let's define those metrics of what we're trying to learn, right? In the manipulation of any firearm, speed and accuracy, that's it. That was a, um, you know, it's funny because I see the Dunning-Kruger effect mentioned a lot. And it mm -hmm. was something that we had to contend with a lot post-GWAT era, where you had a lot of guys getting out of the service and saying like, hey, I've got this skill. I can't get a job now because I don't have any marketable skills. I was an infantry guy for, for X amount of years, so I'm going to teach shooting. But no, that's not to disparage the people who are actually good at it and did it and, and, and you know, benefited the community. But, you know, for example, I, I knew how to shoot a rifle from the service, but I would never think to teach shooting a rifle beyond my family, mm -hmm. you know, and friends, basics and things like that. And you had a lot of people who were, I would say probably five, six years ago, even like as recent as that, we're still saying you're not going to get better from competition because shooting somebody in self-defense isn't competition. And 
mm-hmm. a, a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, that it, it makes it makes sense to be skeptical of that because yeah, speed and yeah. accuracy. When you're looking at those two metrics, those are two things that you want yep. to be really good at. If you're ever in a yep. self defense situation, and how do you get really good at that? Competition. Yep. Yeah. So along those same things, right? Cool. You know, the classic thing of competition gets you killed in the streets, right? Yeah. A very good friend of mine, Ernest Langdon, said, "Hey, man." If you can't tell the difference between a match and a gunfight, you're probably going to die anyway because you're stupid. Right? <laughs> right? Number two. Yeah. A gunfight is not a competition. No, it is the most drastic competition. Right? There's Damn. no. Sh- yeah. There's no shot timer in a gunfight. Bullshit. The, I'm in the, am I allowed to swear? Yes. Yeah, you okay. can say what you want. Okay, good. There's no shot timer to gunfight. Bullshit. The other dude is the shot timer. Right? Except you want to beat it. You don't want to wait. Blood well, inside of your body is your shot timer. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. But there has to be some impetus to say, all right, this is a legit shoot. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of problems beforehand. Right? That impetus is the yeah. beep, if you will. You know what I mean? On the other hand, yes. people go to the extreme. Right? Like these days out on the internet, it's like five years ago, if you shot competition, right, it's going to get you killed in the streets. Now... You, like USPSA is the streets, right? It, you know, and it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's silly, right? I had some other guy because, you know, I have, I teach the draw, right? Because that's the biggest problem, acquiring the dot on the draw when you're trying to be quick. And I have various levels, right? I have a national level, 1.5 seconds, class levels, 1.25. And then I have my black belt patch standards, one second. And they're like, well, that's a gimmick because, you know, a one second draw isn't necessary to USPSA. I'm like, what the what? Hold on. First accurate shot is usually what determines the outcome of the fights. Yeah. Just because most USPSA stages aren't set up for a first round shot doesn't mean it's not important based on competition. So you got to be able to balance both of them out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So John from Active Self Protection did a really cool video once because, uh, and I wish I could find it off the top of my head. But he went and he 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 kind of tackled that myth, and he showed a couple different situations where it, it was actually it was one video, and he broke it down into how fast your draw would have to be to draw at certain points in the video. And one mm-hmm. was when the bad guy's looking right at you. Uh, the other one was when the bad guy glances away from you, and when the bad guy is turned around completely, and how mm-hmm. much time you have to react to get that first shot on target. And it was really sobering to realize how short those times are and then to try to time yourself to see if you could make them. Yeah. I mean, for general purposes, I would not suggest to anybody to draw their gun while the bad guy has a gun and is looking directly at you. That's Unless you have to. It, yeah. Well, and, and these people that have a sub one second draw, like yourself, I think I the I forget which one of the, the metrics on, on your profile determine that but it that's crazy like to a a normal person who doesn't practice as much as you getting a sub one second draw and and shot on target is is nuts i thought i was high speed when i used to do the the fbi shooting drill for for my security job and oh i could i can get my first shot on target under two seconds two seconds feels like a lifetime compared to one second yeah not bad though no no but I mean, I don't mean, to my own heart or anything like that. But 
Yeah, no, um, that's that that's great. But you know, so so here's what I say, right? People say all the times like, oh, you don't need all that. I was like, that's cool until you do, right? You know, one of my classic lines is, do you need a one second draw? If you got a one second problem, you do. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Because yeah. you don't know, you don't know who's on the other side of the test. And and one of the things I say is like, look, um, even if you look at the act of self-protection stuff and everything like that, right? Has a one second draw ever been necessary? I think the closest that I've seen was like a 103, but it's not about doing it in a situation like that. It's about having a surplus of skill in practice. So if there is a degradation of skill under pressure, yes, the 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 degradation, because if you have a two second draw in an air conditioned range, right, with no stress, what's it going to turn to under stress? Yeah. Right? So if if I can do a 90 on a demo in front of 20 people in my class, right, which these days is not stress for me, right? Under stress or bad weather, what's my shit? What does my shit show look like? It's a one point two. Yeah, that's right. Where one of my favorite phrases is: "You don't rise to the occasion; you fall to your highest level of training." Lowest and level of lowest, lowest level. Lowest Thank level. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's an important distinction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't bit. fall to your best day; you fall to your worst. Yep. Just a little bit. Just a little bit important. So <laughs> yeah, there's a there's yeah. a small margin of error there, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was, you know, like like I mentioned before, that shoot house that we did was a perfect example of that. I could hit bullseye on paper all day, but we had 10-round magazines because that's all we're allowed in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And one of the instructors, we were shooting at each other from opposing ends of a hallway. He was on the right side of the wall, the hallway. I was on the left side of the hallway. With real bullets? Simunition rounds. Oh, okay. And <laughs> that's some real Spartan. Yeah, right? yeah. We were shooting at slivers of our of our silhouette through the doorway. So he was he was shooting through a right hand right sided doorway. I was shooting through a left sided doorway down the hallway. I missed all ten shots on him. And granted, if they were real bullets, you know, you could argue there might be some penetration of the wall and what whatnot. But he hit me twice in the same hand, and that is which would have been center mass on me had that been a real bullet. Mm -hmm. Or it would have at least taken me out of the fight and gotten rid of my hand and, and maybe drop my gun and scream in agony. Well, that's something I learned is that in like actual gunfights, people get shot in the hands a lot. Yeah, because they look at the gun. It makes sense. Yeah. But that was that was one of those things that, you know, really woke me up to that because this these are guys who practice this all the time. And it was evident in how in a stressful situation, because for me, shooting with simulation is stressful as fuck. I, I was, I was like, not having a good time in my head. You know, working up to this, I was like, these are gonna suck, but it's gonna be fun. Like, I know it's gonna be worth it, but it's gonna suck. And uh, yeah, I missed all ten shots on this guy. I mean, I could have sworn that I could, I hit him at least once. And he showed me afterwards. He's like, he didn't get me once. That was it. Show me all around the door, and it just goes to show what that that level of skill does for somebody in a stressful situation based on how much they've practiced and and you know what they've you know the kind of the kind of skills that they're having to apply there mm -hmm. yeah agreed hey there everybody we hope you're enjoying the episode if you do like what we're about and want to support us our patreon is a fantastic way to do so it allows us to improve the podcast in many ways and helps fund our alcoholic coffee beverage stash to assist on those late night recording sessions. Now you may be thinking, 
This podcast has me absolutely smitten and I would love nothing more than to throw money at you. But what's in it for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. When you become a patron, you automatically get access to an exclusive collection of clips from the podcast not heard anywhere else. On top of that, we have a wide range of tiers available that will get you merch, discount codes, and even free gear delivered to you monthly. For any patrons currently listening to this, we are super thankful for your support and for keeping the dream alive that one day I will be able to meet Andrew and make sweet, sweet podcast magic with him in person. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash a better way to a in the episode notes for the podcast or on the link in our Instagram bio. All right, now that's all for that. Back to the show. So you heavily rely on, well, not heavily rely, but you were saying that you won't force somebody to train with a red dot, but you yourself train with red dots and incorporate them in your classes. It's kind of what you're known for, you know, and that was in the early days of red dot adoption. That was, you know, it was mainly your name coming up for it, for people like citing reasons why like concealed carriers should have red dots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you think so? I'm that- sorry. Yep. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah. We were getting to a question. It's sometimes okay. it, it ekes its way out of there, you okay. know, especially if I'm the one asking it. <laughs> Andrew's had to give me a layup on multiple occasions where where he sees me droning on and and he ends up having to slam down a question mark somewhere. But is that something that you? I know we talked a lot about it already, but is that something that you think everybody can benefit from, or do you think that that's something that you know not everybody needs to go to to make them a better shooter? So yeah, so let me clarify that. Right. So do I think that? shooting with a red dot is simpler and more efficient because it is in line with the way we look at things all the time, right? Target focus. Yes. Do I care whether or not you shoot with a red dot? No, I don't care. Make sense? Right? Yeah, fair. If Right? If, for example, right, if... I don't know. So you're in, you're in retail, right? Yes. I don't know. Say like, I don't know. Let's say I was your boss, right? I go, hey man, I need a, I need a written report from you, right? Based on sales or profit or whatever, right? And you write the report and you do it with a typewriter. What am I going to do? I'm like, ah, well, this took a lot of dumb time. This took a lot of time, but whatever. I have the information that I need. Do <laughs> I care? Way to do it. Yeah, that was an odd way to do it, but I don't, whatever. I would say to you, you know, you probably could have done it faster if you just did it on a computer instead, but whatever, bro, you're an American. Do what you want to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, I used to end up being like, ah, you know, you're an idiot. If you don't use a red dot, blah, 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 fight, 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 you know, blah, blah, blah. Now I simply, I just don't care. If you want to shoot with irons, man, there are many people out there that are amazing with irons, right? Rob Vogel, Tim Heron, Shane Coley, man, these guys can do amazing things with iron sights, right? But I think for your average person, it just makes sense. I drive target focus, right? I walk target focus. So why not shoot target focus, right? And I'll give you the technique on how to find that dot in that, in that, in that small window to make it a little bit easier for you. But once you get over that, man, life is easier. So when you're mentioned, when you're saying target focused, what do you what do you mean when you say that? So the classic thing of shooting with irons is hard front sight, right? Fuzzy target, fuzzy rear sight, clear front sight, right? That's not the way we 
naturally process visual information. So the benefit of the dot is that I can look at what I'm shooting, superimpose the dot, look through the dot onto the target that I'm shooting and aligns with the way normal vision works. So yeah, target that's focus. awesome. That sounds like a, like a life hack. Really, if it, you're just using your body's nat your your brain's natural way of processing information to be a better shot, it sounds like a uh, yeah. I mean, like I, I don't like to use the word natural. Nothing's natural about shooting a gun, but just Fair. things you're you're used to, right? Front sight focus is kind of like you know when you're driving down the road and a bug hits you on the windshield and you look at the bug. <laughs> yeah, that's front sight focus. Yeah, and that's yep. the way I shot for a long time. Sure, sure, and that's the way we were taught. That's the way we were taught, right? The dirty little secret is the best higher side shooters in the world shoot target focus. Yeah. Right? So if oh, the best wow. way to shoot, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So if the best way to shoot is target focus, why don't I have a tool that helps me and lends to the process of shooting target focus, which is the dot, right? And you ask me a question about police departments all the time, but they're asking me, hey, man, how do I convince my you know brass to let us convert to dots? Right. Cause they're saying, you know, it, it's not going to help. I go, what do you have on your carbines? Eight points. You've yeah. already convinced, you've yeah. already convinced yourself it's different. No, it's not different. You think it's different because mm -hmm. you do goofy shit when you're, sh when you're trying to shoot a pistol because you think it's different. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Bias is a weird thing. It, it is, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, it, it, it's interesting to see in, in things like politics and religion and, and whatnot. And then you see people with the same blind spots, same like type of blind spots coming to what is essentially a hobby for most. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, people have been shooting with their grandfather's rifle, their grandfather's pistol, shooting with their dad in their backyard for their whole lives. And then all of a mm -hmm. sudden it's, it's this new piece of technology that like you were saying earlier, it, requires them to change the way that they've been doing that change the way that they do things to to get better even though it's complete opposite of what they've been doing that they feel comfortable Correct. doing right and yeah it's got you know it's got to be intimidating for people who consider themselves a good shot or like you know think that they are reasonably good at you know if if they're if they're a cop you know could could shoot somebody if they had to accurately and and to go to something and and where you might be tested one day you know and, mm -hmm. and like like even somebody who's concealed carrying you know we the, this there's got to be an overlap with this to where it's a benefit to carrying your your personal defense firearm also that that's not just going to help you on the range but is going to make it much simpler if you ever have to defend yourself or your family Sure. I one of the things that I I'm super pissed, and this is just a, a part of you know gun ownership and whatnot. But I I finally bought a big boy holster, a a grown up competition holster. <laughs> I mm -hmm. I got like a nice Safari Land level three. I got a level three because I went to an open carry demonstration at the Capitol. It was the last day that we were going to be allowed to open carry in Connecticut, mm. so I did it specifically for that. But I know now that I once I get a red dot, I have to buy a whole new holster. Oh, because like, you didn't get the uh, no, I didn't get the red dot oh. one because I was I didn't know what red dot I was gonna get and I didn't know how it was gonna fit and you know all that fun stuff. But I've got to shell out another three hundred bucks for a holster at some point. But you what know, I is? 
I, I haven't spoken to anybody who's been shooting, except for myself, maybe. I've, I've been shooting with the same Filster floodlight for, for X amount of years now. Who doesn't have like 10 holsters? You know, I feel yeah. like that's just oh, yeah. a normal a normal oh, yeah. way of yeah. doing things. In like different yeah. combos of handguns and light and, and optic cuts and whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you gotta get you gotta get your slide milled too, right? You don't wanna just buy it. You're not gonna buy a new gun, you're gonna get your slide milled. Yeah. I don't know. Or I'll just buy another slide. This I... is I think this may be Scott, I don't know how you feel about this, but this may be the the next big barrier to widespread red dot adoption because it, it seems like everyone's on the same page that like red dots on handguns are good and better, you know, with with a few outliers. But now the question is, okay, like we've got a bunch of people with handguns that don't have optics cuts, and so now they've got to find a machine shop and decide which of the like four different cuts which are not compatible to get. And, you know, whether they're going to buy, whether they're going to pay the bargain bin machine shop or one of the like, you know, nationally renowned ones. Yeah. How do you, how do you figure people are going to, are going to sort that out and, and figure out where to spend their money and how much? Most, most. Well, so you can buy a slide that fits your gun from most major manufacturers, right? Like you can buy a 45 slide that's milled that fits your 45 currently or your PDP or actually PDP. Eventually it's going to come that every single slide out there from the manufacturer is pre-cut for an optic, right? The science of milling a gun is almost like there's pre-programmed CNC programs out there. So pretty much anybody can really do a good job. The thing is how, how neat is it? Do they offer seracoding services? So it doesn't look like, you know, just a mess when you get it back and stuff like that. So, you know, it, so here's the, I, I'm kind of apathetic about this that people think I'm an asshole about it, right? It's like, <laughs> it, when you, when you start talking to me about how much something costs, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. So, I mean, honestly, bro, if, you, if you're really worried about spending $200 to get your slide cut, you have other problems, Right. Go work. Yeah. M go work more. Get a better education so you don't have to worry <laughs> about those things. Because I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. Right. Yeah. My whole thing is like, well, how do we get into, you know, so that everybody can afford one? I don't want everybody to afford one. I want my advantages. <laughs> I, you know, I've never thought about you know, it like man. that. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, you know, in, until we start seeing high points milled from the factory for red dots, it's, all, we, we... it's already done. Oh, it's that's already, terrifying. Yeah. They already, yeah, they already have one. That's funny. That's, well, it's not funny, but I'm, you know, I'm actually not surprised that the meme of handguns comes with a milled slide. Well, can, so, I, so I, they, but yeah, they have, they have the model that has a milled slide on it. And like, hey, dude, here's my thing, man. It's like, if you don't want to die, I don't care. Should everybody be able to own a gun? Yes. Right. Do I care if you own a gun or not? No. Right. Yeah. Should everyone, do I think everyone would be better and they'd see easier to shoot with the red dot? Yes. Do I care if you have a red dot? No. You know what I mean? Does, it, does yeah. that make sense? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I wish, you know, it, it's, I, I, <laughs> we're back to like the whole identity politics and personality of, of gun tubers and whatnot, but I wish more people admitted that they were apathetic on certain things before. Yeah, don't, don't have a hot take about it. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like we're, we're in the hot take culture. Everybody has to have an opinion about everything. And if you don't, it's like, oh, where does this guy stand? 
Like, where's this guy? You know, why, why, why is he knowledgeable about this, but doesn't care about that? Does it mean he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about, about this? Like, no, it's like, who, who cares? It's my wife watches these shows that like love is blind is mm-hmm. one that comes off the top of my head. I don't know which way or the other who wins that or who goes with who. And that's something that like, I feel like is, is, is very applicable to the gun community. There are certain things that I just don't have an opinion on and, and more people should be be open about that. More people should Mm -hmm. just, I, I appreciate that, Scott. I I appreciate you, you, you being, being honest about that because it is. Oh yeah. Like, like, you know, if, if I meet people and they know who I am and they're outside of, you know, you know, this lifestyle said like, well, I don't like guns and I don't own one. What do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you say to that? Yeah. I was like, I was like check great. Rate. Yeah. I, I don't care because I also know jujitsu. So if I take off this gun, I could still steal all your shit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you're still a loot so. drop. Yeah. I just don't care. I, I, I literally don't care. So. You know, and, and, and on the other hand, it's, it's annoying of the guys. It's like, no, you must do this. You must do that. If you don't own a gun, if you don't train, you're not a full American and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself, buddy. Now, you know, people, <laughs> being American means you have a choice. You want to do it? Cool. You don't want to do it? Cool. You want to come to my class? Cool. You don't want to come to my class? Cool. You want to go train with somebody else? Knock, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. But... When we decide on this self-reliant lifestyle, right, then we start talking, right? And it's not just about shooting guns, man, right? It's You're not going to have your gun on you all the time. If you can't learn how to do it with your hands and you think you're a meat eater, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know what I mean? So on the other hand, I'm like, yeah. you know, you're a, you're a super duper jujitsu, Muay Thai, MMA fighter, blah, blah, blah. Bro, what you gonna do to me at twenty yards? Yeah, he's gonna use his chi. I do. That's think. right. That's right. You know. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> How long have you been doing jujitsu for? Since nineteen ninety six. Wow. Yeah. If Jeez. I knew as soon as you started that sentence with nineteen that it was going to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, not not continual, right? Yeah. And everything, you know. So jujitsu has uh, five belts. White, blue, purple, brown, and black. Uh, I got my brown belt about two years ago. Hopefully, if I you know don't slug off and stuff like that, it's hard to do with all the training. I'll get my black belt by the end of the year, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But there's been long breaks in between and things of that nature, injuries, you know, knee replacements, stuff like that. But uh, hopefully, we'll do that. But we'll get that by the end of the year. Yeah, Hell that's yeah, awesome, dude. man. Congrats. I hope you. All, I hope you do. That would be that would be monu- the monumental. That's I have, I have a bunch of friends who do jujitsu. I, yeah, <laughs> achievement unlocked. We we touched a little bit about why martial arts might be important for like for for gun people, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything more to say about that other than just like you know if you don't have your gun, uh, you know obviously hand to hand skills is important, but. I feel like there's also times where the stuff that you can learn in martial arts is important even when you do have a gun. Oh, sure. All you have to do is look at Craig Douglas and ShiftWorks, right? The martial arts will help you get to your gun or prevent someone else getting to their gun, right? So I think what people need to start realizing is it is beneficial to train all the ranges, okay? If I am 20, you know, 
20 yards away, but you have my wife, none of the karate on the face of the earth is going to help me. Okay. On the other hand, intermediate distances, right? Long jabs, right? Kicks, yada, yada, intermediate, elbows, knees, up close, you know, dirty boxing, stand-up grappling, and then, you know, wrestling, sambo, jiu-jitsu, whatever on the ground. You don't know what situation you're going to find yourself in, right? So if you are truly trying to be part of a self-reliant lifestyle, it behooves you to learn how to train all the ranges, or at least get a very tertiary knowledge of that. You know, if you carry a gun, you need to go see Craig Douglas or Cecil Birch or Larry Lindemann or Chris Fry, right? Learn how to do it with your hands to either prevent someone taking your gun at close quarter, right? Or you preventing someone to getting to their gun or something like that, or their knife or something like that at close quarter, right? The body works the way the body works. You're not cannibalizing another one training for another. It all wraps into everything right i think oh i forgot to mention paul sharp paul sharp is a great thing it's like draw your gun at two feet from me and i'll make you eat it <laughs> i'll make you eat it right yeah you're you don't find that at your local ccw nra uscca class right you only find that through martial artists that also know how to manipulate their firearms and firearms guys who also know how to do it with their hands as well so I wish that was something that was hammered home more in your basic firearms classes because I find a lot Yeah, but those of, guys those guys don't do martial arts. No, of course not, but you yeah. know it, it's and and I guess it is just a limitation of skills. Not every NRA instructor is going to be somebody who 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 rolls in their spare time or mm -hmm. has been practicing jiu-jitsu. But I remember when I first got my permit, I was like, okay, well, I have this thing now that makes me significantly harder of a target. But while that may be true, to somebody who knows even a little bit of jujitsu, if they're close to you, you're you're back on an even playing field or at a disadvantage. Yeah. And especially uh, where you guys live in uh, Connecticut, man. You got ten chances. Right? After yeah, well, you're done I mean, with those yeah, after you're done with yeah. those ten chances, what are you gonna do? After you I throw know. the gun, after you throw the gun at the guy, I used to know? carry an extra mag too, and then I started looking up statistics on. <laughs> it's it's funny when you look up the statistics of how many gunfights require a mag change. Um, it oh, makes for civilians, to, yeah, it's for civilians. Have you found any? Uh, no, no, not no, not that I've not that I've seen. Here's yeah, thing, law like, enforcement's different, obviously. But here's the thing, though, as the as the great Colonel Cooper said. Statistics are cold comfort for the man who just got hit by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? and <laughs> yeah. You, you don't need a reload until you need a reload. And that, yeah. that was my full, that was my lo like logical conclusion was like, well, you know what? I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Like we've all probably said how many dozens of times, but right. Um, the, the biggest thing for me that somebody, somebody said to me, the way that so I don't this isn't verbatim, but the way they explained it to me was basically like, you know, how many times have you had an unexpected malfunction on the range and it was the fault of your magazine? And and you know, we we can all recall a time, whether it's you know, whether it's with our carry gun or not, but one of the reasons it was explained to me that I should carry a spare mag is not just in case I need more ammunition, but in case my magazine uh causes you know, it's like I get like a jam or a malfunction and the quickest way to fix it is to just swap mags. 
On the other hand, how many civilian engagements have you heard of where the guy died because he had a malfunction? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I saw one. It was it was a shame. I think it was in Brazil. Actually, it was uh, everything's in Brazil. Everything's I, everything. In Brazil. Every, a lot Brazil of Brazil seems like Brazil. an awful a place lot, to live. A lot of gunfights in Brazil. Yeah, I my my father's one of my father's oldest friends lives in Brazil. He's been there for the last like thirty years, and he loves it. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 like you know, I would never want to drive a car in Russia. If you spend any amount of time on the internet, <laughs> yeah. all the worst drivers are from Russia, apparently. Driving a car outside the, actually living outside the United States is just not a good idea. It's chaos. Yeah. Everywhere. Really? Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Driving, shopping, every, everything. It's, it's horseshit. It's horseshit have outside you, the United States. Have you been to Japan? Mm-hmm. I have, and I'm not asking you that because you said you're 10% Japanese. I'm, I'm. Twenty-five percent Irish. I've never been to Ireland, but I have I have a cousin who I have cousins who have a home in Japan, have a home in in uh, California also, and they love going to Japan. Like I I enjoy it in theory. I've never been, and it seems like a really interesting time. But I don't know if I'd want to live there because it seems it just seems foreign to me. Like I think that's that's part of it. But it seems like they've got their shit together. I mean, it doesn't seem like a bad place to live. I would say not, but have you ever driven in Japan or in a no. taxi in Japan? Bro. No. Bro. <laughs> All right, fair. Fair, yeah. I, I yeah. did take a taxi in Malta once, and that was a terrifying experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It, is, uh, it is weird. Once you get out of the U.S., it makes you realize why we have such stringent standards on things and why we have things like OSHA and building standards and, and, and you know, you need... 10 types of licenses to drive a cab <laughs> in, in, in yeah. this country, you know, bureaucracy yeah. and red tape aside, obviously, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, you okay. don't want to get into a gunfight in Brazil. Is what yeah. Saying. Don't want. Oh yes. Yeah. Malfunctions yeah. with firearms and stuff. There was a video and I, and I think it was an ASP video where the father went to go draw his weapon, but didn't carry one in the chamber. And he went to go oh, draw. Oh yeah, and he racked yeah. it, and it didn't failure to feed. Yeah, failure to feed, or the yeah, and the guy ended up getting a shot off on him and and killed him and his son. Unfortunately, very sad, mm-hmm. obviously, but yes, not the norm. Yes, and yeah, carry 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 with around in the chamber, guys. It's yeah. You don't need to yeah. be you don't need to be famous firearms trainer Scott Jedlinski to say carry one with carry with around in the chamber. Yeah, and, yeah. and don't and don't carry Brazilian guns. <laughs> yeah. No Taurus. Yeah. Taurus yeah. wow. is Brazilian. Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. Taurus no, is the largest, that. largest firearms manufacturer in the world. Wow. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that being said, I'm not trying to throw out a bone from a buddy because he's my buddy. Caleb Giddings has done a lot with Taurus. He's one of the marketing directors over there, something like that. Taurus is, they're getting better. They're, they're getting a lot better. But that's American Taurus, right? I still wouldn't. <laughs> Still wouldn't trust a Brazilian Taurus, so. It's interesting. Yeah, well, is it just the QC or, or what? It's always makes... about QC. It's always yeah. about QC. Yeah. How the, do notorious, you... and, and, and this is, I only know the problems with their semi-auto guns. I actually have not heard a lot of problems about their revolvers. Yeah. But but their semi-auto pistols, it's it's a real nightmare sometimes. You know, they, Back you in know, the day. people, people talk Cause... about the 320, the Sig P320, and its issues, but I think that maybe some people they don't have a long enough memory to remember the way that the way that these Taurus handguns behaved when you would jostle well, them or drop them. That being said, Taurus has never 
enjoyed the reputation or popularity sure. that yeah, SIG yeah. does in the United States, right? So, but so here's the thing, right? With with SIG, like the classic one is like when they had their Beretta 92 clone, right? You could literally take the Taurus and jiggle it like this and it would go off. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay, it would go off. The thing with the 320. Yes. So, it's right. okay. We're we're not. Sig isn't listening. You can you can you can say it oh, if you want no, to no. cut out. Listen. If you want to cut out, we can cut it out. <laughs> Sig is always listening. Just so you know. <laughs> they know between they yeah, know between their attorneys and all their stuff. No, I'm kidding. So I look. I want everybody to be better, right? That's why I'm happy about Taurus America getting better with the quality of their handguns. You know, I want everybody to get better because that means better features, benefits, better prices, more competition for the rest of us consumers and things of that nature, right? SIG needs to do better. And I have friends that work at SIG. I've shot, I've taught at Six Hour Academies four times. They've invited me to go teach there like that. SIG needs to do better. And the and the full-size regular SIG 320 has issues. Every I have and every single one of my staff instructors has witnessed in our class an out-of-battery detonation from yep, a SIG 320. that's the big one. That's the big one. That's the um, only one, bro. And that's it's, the only it's so- one. It's so, but well, so they had the, the, if you drop it at a certain angle, the trigger's too heavy and it goes off and then they quote unquote fixed it. But then people found if you like hit the back of it with a hammer in a certain angle, it would go off and, you know, just these sort of safety problems like that. But the out of battery detonation is something that I feel like affects all P320s at uh, some no, point, no. possibly. Full size 320. Full size Only 320. Full size. Only full I've size. Never, is that because of never... the... Sorry, go ahead. So, the trigger control group is manufactured outside of the slide and the frame. I think there's timing issues. I'm not a gunsmith, right? But it just seems to be the full size 320, right? Now yeah. you have different grip modules and stuff, but if it's a full size 320, there's like the small ones, the 365s, the, what do they call it? Their Spartan series with a triangle, right, right. the Delta series, whatever they call that, right? The Sigma, whatever they call that, right? No issues there. Any metal frame three twenty, <laughs> yeah. no problems there. Well, I, I saw one. I saw one that just blew up. That was the Spectre Comp. So the compact oh, barrel really? with a with a full size slide in the built in comp. And I and I saw a while ago. I, I think somebody figured it out. A Sig Armor, not a not a employed by Sig, but a guy, an armor gunsmith who does Sig stuff. He he figured out that. It's a it's a fire con- in his mind it was a, a fire control system issue where you know if if he if you like hold down the trigger you can you, there's like a certain he had like a one of those like calipers or whatever so you could measure how out of battery it was and you know any of the P320s that he had the striker would would fall when it was pretty significantly out of battery Mm-hmm. And he made a replacement. I think it was a sear that you could you could just take out the one from your fire control system and and drop in his. And he said that that would probably fix the issue. But I haven't probably. heard anything major. Well, yeah, right, because it's like you know, okay, so you put it in and then you shoot your gun a bunch and wait to see if it explodes. You know, you never know if your gun doesn't explode. You don't know that it was fixed. You just know yeah. that it wasn't fixed if it does explode. There's a right. what is that? There's like a a logical fallacy that falls into that. I forget what it is, but. It's like the, yeah, this is my lucky coin because as long as I've held this lucky coin, nothing bad, I haven't died. Right. So, I haven't died. so, the, so it's the coin but, that's lucky. Right. But I so think this I is think my, this exactly is your sear right. that's going to fix your problem. Your gun hasn't yeah. exploded with my sear in it. So it's clearly yeah. the sear. No, but I think you're exactly right. I think it's a timing issue. And I think it's definitely something that they could have fixed with enough quality control. 
And I and I, I'll yeah. say I carry a, I carry a P320 compact. So, you know, I'm not like it's not like I have no skin in this game. You know, I mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. gun. I want that gun to be good. It's a good gun. It's a great gun. It's a great gun. You just got to figure it out. You know, we just got to don't drop it. Figure it out. Well, but that's the thing. That's what I used to say. Now you don't. Now it's not dropping it, right? I was teaching a class in Prescott, Arizona. Man, guy did a bell drop, pop, 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 put it into his contact holster. Hand came off, boom, went off. Jesus Christ! Wow. Imagine if he was carrying appendix. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. You know, that's one of those things that I I I carry appendix, and mm-hmm. I I have an MMP that. I've been carrying for like 10 years and, and I've probably only been carrying appendix the last four years or so. And people always ask me, like, aren't you scared you're going to shoot your dick off? And I say, well, like, no, because I'm confident that if I don't pull the trigger, the gun's not going to go off. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> you know, with, with some the, guns. With the P320. With, with some, yeah. the 320. With the 320, yes. it is, right? And plus, here's the deal as far as carrying inside the waistband, especially the appendix, man. Bullets do weird things. You really think that if you carried at three o'clock and that bullet entered on the side, it's not going to, you know, bullets do weird things. Yeah. Man, right. And it's about this and it's about this. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's, I feel like we, we got off topic for a little bit there. I wanted <laughs> we were to. talking about martial arts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shiv works is one of those classes that yes. I every time it comes up on my feed, it's like in this it's it's I definitely follow them, but whenever I see a video posted from a from a Shiv Works class, it's somebody else posting it and it's somebody else sharing their experience and how beneficial something like that was. Mm-hmm. Is is taking a class like that, do you th- where do you think something like that falls in the level of priority? Because we were talking about jujitsu and we were talking about like unarmed combat or unarmed skills and, and skills with in relation to, to keeping somebody off your gun and getting to your gun in a fight. But where do you think a class like like their classes falls in the level of priorities in somebody learning how to shoot and becoming proficient with that firearm? Or jujitsu in well, general, learning how to learning how to keep people off of you and whatnot. So if if you were if you were a person that has decided to carry a gun every single day right? And you do not have time to take a extended martial arts program, right? Or even if you do, if, even if you do take jujitsu, uh, I think that class, I hate to say requirement, because again, you're Americans, do what you want to do, right? But it is it's highly, highly recommended. And I say that saying that uh, I haven't taken the class, but Craig Douglas, you know, Cecil Birch, they're all very good friends of mine and stuff like that. I talk to them all the time. And, Yada yada. I'll eventually take that class, but from what I know from them and talk, seeing the class and talking to other people, a you have to learn how to deploy your gun. You need to know how to shoot your gun. You know how to hold and carry your gun, uh, but you also need to know how to keep your gun, right? And if you don't have time to take a full martial arts class or or discipline or whatever like that, man, you need to go take that class. You need to go take that class. Yeah, right. Because you can't shoot your gun if you don't have your gun. That someone else took it away from you. Yeah. Right? That's one of those and, things that... Sorry. You can and, it, and it will show you how vulnerable you are. Yeah. We keep talking about that getting humbled from from classes, and I, I think something like that is really important to... There are a ton of people with big heads in the gun community, and most of them aren't people who have a ton of experience. 
I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of that also. It's like the Dunning-Kruger effect we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. You've got people yeah. who are really good at stuff, so think they're really good at everything. But even more so, like I was saying, on the other end of the spectrum, you have new gun owners who think that because they carry a gun now, they're invincible. Oh, and man. I never, I never in my life thought I was hotter shit with a gun than when I had just learned the fundamentals well enough to, like, consistently shoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never, I never in my life was more confident in my ability to win any gunfight that I came across than like six months after I like seriously started practicing shooting. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. and then it was downhill from there. The more, the more I learned that there was to learn, the more I was like, oh, you know, you're okay. simultaneously you know? more curious about what's out there and more depressed that you are yeah. so vulnerable. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like I, I've never been more aware of the fact that I am a meat sponge. And in at at risk of just being completely done for at any time by somebody with more skills than I am. Yeah, I for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we all go through that, right? We you could do that in jujitsu, right? Oh, I got my blue belt. I can beat ninety nine percent of the people. Yeah, yeah, bro. But you roll with the other one percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are you with with that? Where, where, if you had to say, like, where you are on that spectrum of the Dunning Kruger scale, where you, is there anything that you've become aware of that you don't know enough about recently, or that there's something that you're working on actively to get better at? Oh, yeah. So, so let's talk about. So, when you're looking at the Dunning Kruger, that means I assume, or I assume about someone else because they're expert in one thing, they're expert in other things, right? I want to say that I don't fall too far deep into that or I'm not victim of that because I base everything based on metrics, right? Uh, for example, for the longest time when I would teach a presentation, I teach the draw in reverse, right? Why? Because everyone's worried about finding that, acquiring that dot on presentation, okay? Uh, so I would start with that first, right? Before we actually get to the draws out of the, out of the holster and things of that nature, right? So I always used to say the dot dropped from 12 o'clock, right? Because we were starting from the high compressed ready. And we all started on, well, at least when I was, had RMRs with small ass windows. So you had to manipulate that dot from coming down. Plus grip angles of the gun, 22 for Glocks, 20 for Walthers, everything else is 18, but they're not zero. So you need to drop that down. And that's what I used to say, right? And I would have that type of presentation. Then from the competitive world, right, with not retention holsters coming from three o'clock and things of that nature, right, you would have the escalator, right, where the dot comes from six. I didn't really get into that too much, right, because anybody could do it. wasn't faster than me, especially from concealment, so whatever. And then I started to realize, well, wait a minute. Other humans can do this thing just as quickly as I can. Is there any merit behind that? So I started investigating that, and it's all based on context, right? Uh, a straight line is the quickest path to a target, right? Uh, unless there's something in the middle of those two of those two points, right? Yeah. And people will argue with me on the internet. They like, ah, the dot doesn't drop from twelve. No, it comes from six. Yeah. When you reload, where does it come from? With the angle of your gun, it comes. It comes from twelve. My thing is learn how to do both, right? Learn how to do both. So for a while there, it's like, ah, I didn't need to learn how to do that because, you know, it didn't fit the metrics of speed, right? But on the other hand, eventually someone's going to figure this out. Let me get ahead of that power curve. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah. If you want to talk about bias, sure, I have a bias. If you don't do jujitsu, 
I don't really care about you. I mean, not as a person, like, <laughs> but you're I an American can, and you can do what you want. Right. If you want, <laughs> just don't yeah, care what you yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just, well, what he said was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a meat eater, but you can't do it with your hands, bro. Yeah. Well, I do boxing and Muay Thai. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah. That's something. You don't do. Yeah. On the other hand, it's like, hey man, I got to work two jobs. I'm putting kids through college, right? I'm trying to stay in shape, eat well. The only martial art I can do within that time is shoot my gun once every other week and dry fire. Okay. Good for you. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a meat eater, though. You're not a meat eater. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. You fall- You're doing what you can. Right. You're doing what you can, and I and I respect that. I respect I that. I feel like that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Just I, scraping by. I need to hear that, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here's here's my thing, man. And I I made excuses and stuff like that. Guys, I teach over 100 classes a year. I'm on the road 300 plus days out of the year, right? And I made that excuse for me to get really fucking fat. I was pushing <laughs> Yeah. Right? 325. It's like, oh, bro, I've been doing jiu-jitsu forever, right? I can shoot this gun like a maniac, yada, yada, yada. I can be a fat, nasty fuck if I wanted to. No, you can't because it starts getting yeah. harder and harder. Turns out your heart disagrees. Right, exactly, right? Or just just being comfortable, right? Getting off the range yeah, and not yeah. feeling like your body's going to fall apart. Taking yeah. a five-hour plane trip across the country Right. And you don't you don't have so much information to start off with. Then you add the flight on top of it and you feel like your joints are going to explode. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So we all fall victim to our own hubris and you got to have good people around you going, hey, bro, you're a fat. You know, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You you and the CBRN art guys would would agree. That's a cut on this podcast, by the way. Right. Yeah. That's what, you know. So after, you know, so I got back on a horse last, that's the beginning of the year. I've lost 50 pounds. I'm going to drop another Good for 20. you, man. Yeah. My goal is to get down to 250. At 250, I am a gazelle. I'm going to get my black belt. I'm going to make my return to competition and take some souls, hopefully. And I'm uh, just going to keep on pushing and getting better. So That's awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. I need to yeah. get back at it, too. I, I haven't been to the gym since my, my nine-month-old was born. Which you know, if you if you can repeat numbers, that's nine months. I haven't been yeah. to the gym. That's a whole <laughs> other baby. Yeah, it's a whole. That's a whole other baby that I have grown on my body. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I, and my weight hasn't changed much. You know, I, I have only gained like ten pounds altogether, but a lot of that is atrophied muscle and and then mm. the the bloating of the of the fatness. Dude, when I met Andrew for the first time, well, I mean meet when he became my internet friend for the first time. We've met in person since then, but mm-hmm. he his profile picture was him deadlifting. I mean, more than I could deadlift. Clearly, that was cause... that was three hundred fifty pounds, and that wasn't the most that I did. But that was I was proud of that lift at that time. Yeah, I, could, and... I probably could not do that now with with how little I've you know just doing my my I've just got like a sixty pound kettlebell that I've been working out with, yeah. but. Talking about making yeah. excuses, though, you know, that's I, I used to do jujitsu and it was probably the best decision I made as far as my physical fitness went ever. And, and also the skill that you learn on top of it. But I 
I, you know, it's all about prioritization. I prioritized, uh, I, I wasn't feeling like I was spending enough time at home. At the time I had a weird job where my, my hours were all funky and, you know, it's it's one of those things that I keep saying in the back of my head. I, I got to get back into it. I got to get back into it. Yeah, I need to do it too. My kid, my oldest wants to do it too. He wants to do BJJ. That's cool. There's a Gracie Barra place that we would pass by on the way from from his gym. That's the thing. I was taking my son to the kid gym, and I wasn't going to the gym. How do you like that? You weren't going to the Stop. hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> There's a song. Sorry, I just did something popped up here that sort of stuff. You're good. <laughs> Sorry. But That's yeah, okay. so so on the way from there, we would pass by the 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 Gracie Barra jujitsu place, and there would be all these kids rolling around doing jujitsu, and he's like, "Shit, I want that." I'm yeah. like, homie, you're you're two. They won't let you in there for another year. Well, it's a good time. You know, it's, it's been a good time. it's been a year. It's time. Yeah, it's time to it's time to revisit it with them. And, it, and I'm I, I'm not trying to be an ass and correct you, but they have a very good pro kids program at Gracie Baja. Ooh, my bad. Ah, yeah. what would my you bad. call it? Yeah, yeah. Barra. 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 Oh, okay. So so ours are pronounced H. In Portuguese. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. So I was just. I was, I, my 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 whole Gracie point was Baja. they have a great kids program at Gracie yes. Baja. So I was saying I was like, oh, this asshole's trying to correct me and stuff on my own show. So, <laughs> no, yeah. please do. We we our point our, our goal is to invite people onto the show that know yeah. more about us than what we were talking about. So yeah, that, yeah. and <laughs> and yo yo kids, you start them early in jujitsu, they will grow up to be just. Absolute self reliant monsters. That's man. that's that, what I want, man. That's 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 what I'm about for for these kids. That's yeah. the thing, and he's into it, and I think that he'll really enjoy it. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing in life is harder than rolling. Yeah. No, and we're, you we're, know, there's it's hum struggling. humbling. It's that that word again. I think mm -hmm. you know, for just the little bit of mental growth that I had when I did it, I feel is like absolutely critical to i mean if i would have had that as a kid my self-esteem my confidence levels would have would have been significantly more than you know where they were as me coming from the product of a broken home and alcoholic mother and dad who worked all day yeah because <laughs> it's because you could laugh at your own shit yeah but uh, you know it's one of those things that uh, you, you don't know until you know and you know i i don't know the time's never going to be perfect to go back i feel like well, but it's you never have more just... time than when you're a kid, man. I, I, know, I wish I, know. I wish I had done more martial. And I was, I was so, I was so stupid, you know, when I was a kid. I was like, I don't want to do anything. I'm so, I'm, I'm so cool. I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play video games. No disrespect. I love video games, but like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna dedicate my life to doing as little as possible. And now I'm older, and I'm like, man, I wish I had done so much of this shit when I didn't have a job, you know, mm. when I didn't have anything to do. You know, I wish yeah. I wish I had done weights. I wish I had done martial arts. Just everything, man. I wish I had done it when I was a kid. And I and I don't know how to like get my kid, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to like sign my kid up for fucking everything and burn burn him out. Yeah. Uh. But but I do. I I want to find some way to communicate to him. Like, you know, now's the time. While, don't while turn into me. Enthusiasm, you know I want I mean? you to be. Well, you know what? That's our parent. How whose parents didn't say to them, "I want you to be better than me," and yeah. man, do we feel that now? Yeah. Or you can look at it like they're going to be burned out anyway. Do you want them with they burned out without the experiences? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're you're going to yeah. be salty yeah, gonna and tired and, and miserable. Out. They might as well learn jujitsu on the way. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I love it. I love it. 
Scott, that uh, yeah, that about that about wraps up what we had, man. I mean, okay. this is this has been an awesome episode. I I I wish. I mean, we we've got. Man, do we do we want to go into politics? I feel like it's been such a good episode. But it wasn't. I, it didn't naturally come up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Maybe we'll save something, that. Maybe something we'll, about like we love we, people about like um, you know, getting getting you know getting like marginalized people training, but. You know, it sounds like your position is just like, you know, get whatever training you can and it doesn't really bother you either way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could give you my political bills on, on like, you know, do gun it. laws and, Let's and, and Let's all that other stuff. It, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty simple, right? Gun if control is racist. All, yeah, often gun control is racist. If you are a Caucasian, and you think you are protecting minorities against themselves by limiting their access to firearms? You're a racist. You are the worst. Just, that's racist. that's the giveaway. Oh, protecting man. someone against themselves is like yeah, yeah. like yeah. That, 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 that doesn't sound weird to you, right? Yeah. If if you are a lily white, blonde hair, blue eyed, or worse, ginger, right? Hey, <laughs> right. <laughs> Who thinks that <laughs> he's coming for you, Jordan? Yeah. Who thinks, right, that you are doing, you know, things for the little black, brown, and yellow people by keeping guns who out are of who their are pants. so helpless and cannot help themselves? Right. You're you're a racist. You're the again. You are the worst racist. Nobody needs your help. We got this far without your fucking help. We don't need your help, right? So at the end of at the end of the day. Right. You and, you know, your progressive agenda is killing more people than it's saving. Right. Because it doesn't just stop at limiting people's rights. It it goes deeper than that. And quite frankly, we don't need your goddamn help. How about that? How about that? I like it. Right. And all you minorities out there that are falling into that liberal progressive thing you're even worse of a puke right you are giving up all the hard work your predecessors did in this country i don't care if you're black brown or yellow right if you acquiesce to this progressive liberal lifestyle because you can make an extra buck right in your community activism or whatever your political thing because you want an extra paycheck from Soros, right? Or you think they're gonna, or they, or you think they're going to forgive your student loans, right? Or whatever. Man, you're you're a traitor to the progress all the people have done before. I think it's so. tough, man. I mean, I I I wholeheartedly agree with you that you know we've got to be weary of the carrot being dangled on the stick in order to avoid getting distracted from the problem behind it. And I find a lot of people, a lot of politicians do that. I mean, look at, you know, I don't think anyone on this podcast here is a fan of Biden. Look at the things that he promised in the beginning of his campaign and look at how many things he's actually followed through on. Probably none. I mean, I definitely not healthcare, definitely not student loans. I know, I know he was big on defunding the police, didn't do that. And, you know, we're not any better for it. We don't have, you know, a crazy we're a lot worse off. off. Yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, that dude, that dude is such a genius 
at ruining this country, right? So here's how it works, okay? When the economy is doing horrible, interest rates go down, right? Because they go to long-term type of securities with like, you know, bonds and things of that nature, right? Bond, he is so horrible, interest rates are through the roof and the economy sucks, right? <laughs> the only person that is happy with Biden is Jimmy Carter because he's finally going, oh my God, I'm not the worst president that ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's very right. True. I, yeah, no, I, and it's one of those things that I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that our political system is is designed to be. We're more more polarized now than we've ever been, and it sucks because I think, for the most part, you're going to find the average Joe doesn't fall to the far right or the far left. They fall kind of in the middle. Like I would say, like the middle eighty percent, or I mean, we'll we'll be a little bit more generous and say sixty percent. Mm -hmm. But because our political system is so polarized and you can only vote left or right, you know, you don't have the option to vote for people who really align with your views. So you've got people, you know, this is one thing that I hear a ton from like gun owners like ourselves. We, you know, people, right leaning gun owners will criticize left leaning gun owners for voting left because they are quote unquote voting their rights away when we've got this when the alternative is to vote for someone like Trump or DeSantis who for a left leaning gun owner where guns is the only right quote unquote right wing belief that they have it's it's tough for them to justify that whereas like you've got tons of right leaning gun owners who are also pro choice or or like I look at my mother-in-law is pro she saw the benefits of Obamacare like she might be the only one but she she saw the benefits of, of Obamacare as a person with a double mastectomy she was finally able to afford health care and she's also pro-gun she's she's fairly conservative you know we've we've got this a bigger overlap than we've ever had of of ideals and more people coming into the gun community who don't subscribe to right-wing ideology or conservative ideology, however you want to call it, but are unable to put their vote in somebody who could actually protect those rights. Where, you know, you've got people like maybe the Libertarian Party 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, where I was. Yeah, well, the problem with the Libertarian Party is they can't fund their agenda because they're Yeah, well, there's no funding because they can't get into the primaries. <laughs> they, they can't, they you know. tank it. I don't know. Yeah, oh, man. I don't know, I don't know who know tanked the Libertarian Party, but they, they, yeah. well, they we all really like to wrecked say, it this last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. As, I mean, as conservatives, we all like to have this thing that we're libertarians, right? It's like, hey, I don't care who you sleep with, what you smoke, what you drink, what who you worship, just stay off my lawn. That's, you're a libertarian, <laughs> right? You're yeah. a but, but you can't fund that. Because your taxation thing, while it may be great philosophically, there's no way you're going to replace what we have now with that, right? I, I think, you know what I mean? So now we're stuck with the Republicans, which I don't even know what a Republican means anymore, man. Nobody Half does. That's, no. You've got people that it's, it's, you've got. Trump, Madison Cawthorn, you, you've got I, I her name escapes me now. The chick who got groped in the in the theater by her boyfriend, but yells at people for for mm. being gay in the streets. Lover. I don't know. It's you know it it's it's turned into like a 
reality it's a real show. Circus, it's not, yeah, a circus. It's, a real, it's not it's our circus. modern political system. Is and then, a circus. and then it's like, and, and then okay, so you want a Democrat? It's like either ban all guns or architect of the drug of the war on drugs. Like mm-hmm. that's what you get. Yeah, it, it's or it's, both. Or both, like we have now, which, you know, we haven't banned guns, and it's just been another one of Biden's empty promises, thankfully. But, yeah, it's, you know, I and, and I find it hard to reconcile with people who are not willing to admit that we, that a lot of the reason we have people voting against their best interests is not because they want to do that, but because the system doesn't allow them to do otherwise. Because... There's to- so many people yeah. that feel like they're throwing their vote away now by voting third party or voting, you know, for somebody not in the primaries. Well, of course, yeah, people people definitely feel like they're throwing their vote away. Look at how many people don't vote at all. And yeah. and I I've been saying this I've been saying this for a long time that, you know, I I think that you know, the 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 biggest winner of every election and and it's and this this the winner is winning by a, a, a larger margin every time is nobody is no vote. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can get these you can get these big these big turnouts by polarizing everybody and pissing everybody off. But over time, that kind of erodes people's will to participate in the system. And, you know, yeah, like a lot of people just aren't voting. Nobody votes in local elections, you know, less people voting in national elections. So political decisions are decided by fewer and fewer people. Yeah. The angriest people. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, man. I mean, it's like, so, yeah. So for those, for the left leaning people that own guns, you know, uh, are they voting their rights away? Yes. But then they don't want to vote for, you know, other conservatives, whether it be Trump, DeSantis, whoever, right? I think at the end of the day, though, is if they voted for Trump or DeSantis, they would still have their guns giving them a voice. I think that yeah, maybe. I, I agree with you, <laughs> you in know? the sense that, like, guns are our final line of defense. And, but what, and one of the but things- what, what separates the rest of the world, the United States? Oh, I know. Well, look what's happening. It wasn't this year. It was last year when China yeah. was starting to crack down on pro-democracy right. protesters. It, and, and one thing. Well, look at Hong Kong. One thing. Guns. Yeah. That is what, it's not our constitution. I mean, well, part, part of it is our constitution because, you know, it's written down there by yeah. limiting the government. But that's the only, it is the only thing. That is why this country is what this country is. Because ultimately, I don't give a fuck what they say, right? The government is afraid of us because we have guns, right? It's like, that being oh, said. You know, Mm-hmm. You know, it, I'm sorry to cut you off. I do that. You know, it, it is a lot easier to vote for somebody who's going to secure a woman's right to get an abortion than it is to hold the doctor at gunpoint and force them to do it. Literal gunpoint, you know. And I and I think that it like I agree 100 percent that guns are the reason that we have freedoms and Constitution regardless. It yeah, doesn't matter I, I what it says on paper. I can't paper. trust Republicans to guarantee that right anymore. Uh, but you can Trump. you can trust them more. Than the yeah. I don't know. Look at Texas. You know that. Well, we're talking about one specific right. If we're talking about abortion or or whatever, you know, it's 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 tough to say to somebody who the abortion debate itself is is tough because I know we're we're far in the weeds now. But you know, you it's. Philosophically, it's a it's a strange 
argument because you have two people arguing two different things. You have one side arguing mm-hmm. that that it's a woman's right to choose, and you have the other side saying that it's murder. It's two completely different topics. It's it's mm-hmm. you know there, and then you have people that are like really blowing the doors off that are like, yeah, it is murder, and it's my right to do it as as a, <laughs> as a woman. Which like you know, hats off to to people like I. I don't know where I fall on that one. I I I I'm. You know, I'm pro-choice, yeah, it's, it's but hard. it's it's, it's a hard. really tough, like, you know, because yeah, it is a life, but it's not so, it's not sufficient, self-sufficient. At, so at the risk at the risk of putting this out into the internet and hopefully getting bit by the friend, this is what I've always said, right? Whether or not you're pro-life or pro-choice, I don't I don't care, right? For example, right, we have a secular nation, right? My personal belief, you know, being a horrible Catholic as I am, <laughs> is that I do I do think you are destroying a life. Okay. That being said, if you want to go to hell, that's your choice. We, right? I wish more people so, yeah. thought that Scott and enacted like that because that's, you know, Andrew and I had a really good conversation on our last episode because Andrew's a Christian and I, I, super I, secret Christian, <laughs> super secret Christian. He, he, and I, I've called myself agnostic. I just, you know, I'm, I'm neither here nor there really. But one of my, good friends that I used to work with as a born again Christian and was essentially the same was like, Hey, you know, you can do whatever you want, but just know that you're going to hell if you yeah. don't do X, Y, Z. <sighs> but that at the end of the day to somebody who doesn't believe in that doesn't actually, whether, whether you believe it or not, doesn't affect their lives in well, the present. So, so it goes to, it goes to, do you believe in, you know, our unalienable rights, right? For example, I have a, yeah. I have a friend when I used to live up in Northern Virginia, right? He's he's uh, uh, part hard of the uh, head of the RNC for that district in Northern Virginia. Runs for office a lot. Every time I know he's running for office because he gives his token minority Republican friend a call, right? And he goes, "Oh, so what do you think <laughs> we needed to attack, right?" And I said, "I go here's the main issue, man, right? The middle is confused, right? Because here's the deal: in one minute you say, hey." My rights, my rights. You can't tell me how to protect my family in my house. I will do whatever by any means necessary, right? And then you say, oh, no, I'm going past your house into your body and tell you what you can do with your body. It's confusing to the middle. It may not be confusing as you as a Christian. It's murder. I get it. I agree with you, right? But the barrier is that person's body, right, and the right to privacy, right? Now- damn. Now, do I think that abortion and abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood should be government funded? Absolutely not. If it's a person's choice, it's a person's choice, right? Now, I'm not talking about insurance and stuff like that. I'm talking about free shit. Yeah, you know, which it's it's gotten to be, right? So whether whether you're like, hey man, if you're if you're a diehard Christian, right, and and well, not diehard, but if you're a Christian, you think it's murder. I I got it. I got it, but you can't stop a person's right to go to hell. If it doesn't affect mine, it doesn't affect yeah. your right stop right here. Yeah. He's holding right. his finger in front of his nose. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> For those who can't see. No, and you know, that's we 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 say this word a lot on here is nuance. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's right. a it is I think one thing that we have gotten scared of as a as a country is the the c word compromise because usually right. when we talk about compromise we talk about one side losing a significantly larger amount than the other side and mm-hmm. they call it a compromise it's like you know when you compromise with your spouse and they just get their way 
Right. But, uh, you know, it, that is the perfect example of something that people may need to consider and would be able to actually consider if we had a if we had a system that would allow people who if had, had beliefs like that to, to that win. Like, well, like imagine we, that. Imagine if no. it was like, okay, there's abortion rights are protected across the board, but you have to pay for it. And they will never and, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but imagine if that was like, okay, this is the this is the right. thing that so, we're going to put out for it there. And it doesn't cover the, all the bases. But it, this is the essential political problem, though. Oh, I know. That you can't compromise if you are afraid that if your team loses, that you're going to lose everything. Yes. That you hold oh, in, I know. Because right? it's the same you with guns. You know, it's the same with guns. Same with yeah. guns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You yep. can't say, same okay, guns. well, because Ima- per- imagine, just imagine that oh, man. Democrats drop guns and Republicans drop abortion. They just stop talking. You'd get so much done. We would get so yeah. much done. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just like forget about. Oh, but on the you other know. hand, what would we talk about? Yeah. <laughs> what I, would, I don't right? know. Talk about what shit would... that we used to talk about back. Jeez. I I remember there a time there being a time. Oh, maybe it was because bill. I was a little kid and didn't actually know shit. But I remember when my parents came home on election day, not telling me who they voted for. Like <laughs> they didn't even tell me. They were yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, we don't talk about that. That's not something that adults talk about." And I was like, "No, but man, but I'm I envy that. I wish we could have that back again." It wasn't great in the '90s either, because that was that was Biden's heyday. You, you yeah, think Biden's I know. bad now, dude. No, Clinton was a fucking monster. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, guys, yeah Biden. I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta pee. I gotta pee again. Sorry. All right, you're fine. <laughs> All so, good, man. So should I go pee or should we wrap it up? We could we can wrap it up. We, we can, can wrap, wrap it up. It up. We've we're, been, not, we're just kind of yeah, yeah, we're shit, shit, shit talking right spitball. <laughs> I no, I'm I'm entering that 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 realm of piss world also. Uh, <laughs> piss yeah. world. Scott. A world of piss. We're in a world That's of right. piss. Anyway, he's really gotta go. Scott, before we let you go, we have a tradition yeah. here. We have to ask you if you had one piece of advice to leave listeners with, regardless of it has to do with guns, life, right. anything. I'll be back. I really got to pee. Okay, I'm sorry. Right. That's He'll be back. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. Every episode's so good. You're on mute. I know. Scott's a cool dude. I hope he didn't pee himself. Oh, I don't think he did. The chair's dry. No, but like on the way? Like oh, dude, I did that today. A little, a little, a little. I peed a little. I got out of my car. I got out of my car. I was like, oh, my God, I really have to go. But I was emptying out my car with shit. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, I just have to go to the mailbox real quick. And then I got the mail. And I, like, I farted a little, and a little (laughs) pee came out. I hear myself on his speakers. We um so we Was there anybody around? Could you just, like, drop down and piss? I was in my driveway, dude. There's a street oh, right there. I can't. My son. So we've to like check in with his body to see if he has to pee, but somehow he's like do a little push. He'll do like a test pee, and he'll be like, "Yeah, I had to pee," and it would be like there will be like pee on his pants. I'm like, it's not what I meant. So we're we're approaching the deadline. We're approaching the like transition period to when we can start potty training. Um, and one of the methods that I've I've heard is just having diapers completely, pulling up all the carpets, and like. Just yes, that's going. what we did. That's yeah, okay. We did. We'll talk about this later. We'll, yeah, we, yeah. I've got to pick your brain about that. All right. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Scott, when, when you leave, is the is is this, is this the audio still coming through your headphones? It's or out, is in, the it out in the speakers, world in the world. But I got speakers? the door closed. Yeah. 
Okay. He was telling a story about how he no. pissed himself in his driveway. <laughs> I didn't piss myself. I was like, Andrew. Andrew was like, oh, I hope he didn't pee a little, like on the way there. And I was like, I did that today. Like I really had to go, and I tried to it fart a little bit, and time. it just a little came out. And I was like, Oh, all right, gotta run inside. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it. Ha- I didn't piss. Like change my drawers, kind of thing, but. It was, you know, enemy at the gates. Wait, you got pee in your pants and you didn't change? It wasn't like that, dude. It was like a drop. <laughs> anyway, I'm not here. I am talking about how it's sitting around in piss trust. Anyway, Scott. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if you had a piece of advice to leave leave the, the world with, what would that piece of advice be? Okay. It doesn't have to be uh, fire um, related. If I had a piece of advice, what would it be? What's sleeping yeah. on that it bugs you that people don't know? Your form of validation or entertainment comes off the suffering of other people. You're a loser, right? (laughs) Awesome. If you are not living up to your own standard, stop doing that. If there are people telling you you can't do things that you want to do, get rid of them and get better. What does get better mean? Establish your metric. If it's firearms, speed and accuracy, if it's health, uh, define your goals, right? Within your means and your time allocation and work toward those goals, right? And like we were talking about before, there's always going to be people that agree with you and there's always going to be people that want to be crabs in the bucket and pull you down, right? Establish your goals. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And as long as you are improving, you don't have to be perfect. There you go. I love that, man. How about that? That is the perfect piece of advice to end with. Usually, here's where we keep you for another <laughs> 25 minutes and, and, and go on a okay. about something else, but we won't do that. Not today. No. Scott, thank you so yeah, much for coming pleasure. on, my pleasure. I enjoyed man. it. This was a blast. Uh, I had a great time, and yeah, I uh, thank you for bearing with Andrew, bearing with his with his child gnawing on his, on his headphone wires. That was actually adorable. <laughs> It's it's not. <laughs> it was very distracting for me. <laughs> you did a great job of not making it look distracting, but yeah, Scott, can't thank you enough for coming on, man. This was an excellent episode. I'm sure people are gonna love it, and uh, I hope we run into you at Shot Show, man. Oh, you probably will. I'll be all over. I'll be there all sixty days or however long it is. I think it's like five or six Sick. days or something. You'll probably be wearing our "All My Homies Hate the ATF" shirts. Oh hell yeah, that's badass. <laughs> Or something of the sort. That's but, badass. Yeah, definitely. You'll so you'll be at Walther. What was the uh, other? So I'll be hanging at Walther, Howitzer, uh, CNH Precision. Uh, probably stop into Neomag. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, hope to catch you there. Be around. We'll be around. Yeah, I hope the rest of your year goes like the first few days did. Yep, it always does. Balls to the wall, man. So awesome. <laughs> cool. Awesome. I right, appreciate you guys. Have a good one.